was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in, and then a light from heaven filled my soul. It bathed my heart in love and wrote my name above, and just a little talk with Jesus made me whole. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus, let us tell him all about our troubles, he will hear our faintest cry, and he'll answer by and by, now when you feel a little prayer will turn in, then you know a little fire is burning. You'll find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. I may have times and fears, my eyes be filled with tears, but Jesus is a friend who watches day and night. I go to him in prayer, he knows my every care, and just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus, let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faintest cry, and he'll answer by and by. Now when you feel a little prayer will turn it, then you know a little fire is burning. You'll find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Sometimes my past seems drear without a ray of cheer, and then a cloud of doubt may hide the light of day. The mist of sin may rise and hide the starry skies. But just a little talk with Jesus clears the way. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faintest cry. And he'll answer by and by. Now when you feel a little prayer will turn it. Then you know a little fire is burning. You'll find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faintest cry, and he'll answer by and by. Now when you feel a little prayer will turn it, then you know a little fire is burning. You'll find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. You'll find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Bless the Lord. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer, and uh, we'll, then we'll have our, our walk around and greet one another, and uh, we'll have the announcements. Dear Father, Lord God, thank you for this day and thank you for allowing us to be in your house of worship, Father, and thank you for our brothers and sisters in Christ who come to strengthen and encourage us and thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus, that you gave us on the cross. And we just pray, Lord God, that your spirit would be here present with us today, Lord God. We thank you for sending your spirit to guide us and help us to make good decisions, Father, and just pray that you would let each of us fill your spirit and that we might have an experience with you today, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So go ahead and greet one another in the Lord, and we're going to do a little song while you're doing that. Build your house on the rock, build your house on the rock. Build your house on the rock and it shall stand, it shall stand. There's no power on this earth that can stand against God's word. Build your house on the rock and it shall stand. Jesus spoke of a foolish man who built his house upon the sand when the storms of life passed through his town. Well, that old house came crashing down, but he also spoke of a wise man who built his life on solid truth, deeply anchored in the rocky berm. And when the rains came, his house stood firm. Build your house on the rock, build your house on the rock. Build your house on the rock and it shall stand, it shall stand. There's no power on this earth that can stand against God's word. Build your house on the rock and it shall stand. Be a doer of the word, you'll be blessed. In your faith you can take your rest. But if you only choose to hear, well, you ain't never going to go nowhere. But as for me, me and mine, we're going to walk that narrow line. To be no deceiving, we'll be receiving God's best. So build your house on the rock. Build your house on the rock. Build your house on the rock and it shall stand, it shall stand. There's no power on this earth that can stand against God's word. 
Build your house on the rock and it shall stand. Build your house on the rock. Build your house on the rock. Build your house on the rock and it shall stand. It shall stand. There's no power on this earth that can stand against God's word. Build your house on the rock and it shall stand. <laughs> no, <laughs> it'll be up here. <laughs> We're having an RA camp training. This is where you would get your riflery certification to teach riflery and archery and uh, the camp craft skills. The men from Dallas are coming down that uh, to train us in them. So if any of y'all are interested, get with uh, get with me. I can help line that up or John, and uh, uh, it'd be a fun weekend of training i think i believe we'll be there uh friday and saturday come back sunday um and brother bob has our scripture reading so if you come up here we'll pray with you father god i just thank you for my brother here god i pray that you will uh, guide his words thank you for his willingness to uh to do this lord and we just praise your holy name today I pray these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. I'm actually um, reading today from the book of Luke. In the background on this little um, group of scripture that I'm going to read with you, this is uh, when Jesus was actually invited to go to a banquet. Um, some people had invited him to go, and it's in the 14th chapter of Luke. And we're going to pick it up. Jesus was noticing how all the people, when they were coming in, they were trying to get to, to the best seats, like the best view and closest to the important people. And um, Jesus told them, when you're invited by someone to a wedding banquet, don't recline at the best place because a more distinguished person than you may have been invited by your host. The one who invited both of you may come and say to you, give your place to this man, and then in humiliation you will proceed to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and recline in the lowest place, so that when the one who invited you comes, he will say to you, Friend, move up higher, and you will be honored in the presence of all other, in the presence of all other guests. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. He also said to the one who invited him, When you give a lunch or a dinner, don't invite your friends, your brothers, your relatives, or your rich neighbors, because they might invite you back, and you could be repaid. On the contrary, when you host a banquet, invite those who are poor, maimed, or blind, and you will be blessed. You will be blessed because they cannot repay you for what you have done, but you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. So I think a lot of times that um, we... We almost want to do things so that we can be seen in front of other people and be held in esteem and people will think that we're good people. And I think that another trap that we fall into is even the trap of false humility where we try to act like we're humble but we're really not humble. <laughs> and that, um, I think that that's something that we really need to work on. And I think in the story, the, the person who walked up to the um, guest and told him to... Um, move up that he was being honored is supposed to represent God in this in this little um, story uh, when we get to heaven um, the, the Bible says that each one of us will be judged according to what we've done here and we'll face no one else's record but our own we're going to actually be judged upon what we did and how we treated others and it's not just uh, what we did for our friends or the people that um, we're really close to but Jesus said whatsoever you do unto least the least of these, my brethren, you do it on to me. So um, just think about that. If there's somebody that you th can think of that doesn't have any friends or someone that's really um, struggling, um, those are the people that we want to try to help out. And uh, we don't do it in, in front of other people so that they can see it and talk about how great we are. But we do it in secret so that our left hand doesn't even know what our right hand is doing. And the Bible says that the Lord who sees in secret will reward you openly. Bless the Lord. Let's pray real quick. 
Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just thank you for the wisdom of your word, Lord God, and we thank you for the, the stories and the parables and the things that you did to make sure that we as simple men and women could understand. And thank you for taking the time to explain things in a way that we could understand it, Lord God. And we just pray that you would give us the heart and the mind, the mindset to actually put your word into action so that we can be doers of the word and not hearers only. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sneaky, sneaky, Bob. <laughs> yeah. Bless the Lord. We're going to lift the Lord up in praise and uh, just think about the words of, of these songs. And if God's been good to you in your life, sing it out. One, two, three. God is good, God is good. All, the time. all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good, God is good. All, the time. all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good, God is good. He's, so good. He's so good all the time. If you're walking through the valley, there are shadows all around. Do not fear, He will guide you. He will keep you safe and sound. For His promise not to leave you or forsake you. And His word is true. God is good. All the time, He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good. All the time, through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. He's so good all the time. We were sinners, so unworthy. Still for us he chose to die To build us with his Holy Spirit We can stand and testify That his love is everlasting And his mercies they will never end God is good all the time He put a song of praise in this heart of mine God is good all the time Through the darkest night His light will shine God is good He's so good all the time God is good all the time He put a song of praise in this heart of mine God is good all the time through the darkest night his light will shine God is good he's so good all the time Thousand 
thousand stories of why they think you're like but I have the tender whisper of love in the dead of night and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone it's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am.
to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. King of all days, so, so highly exalted, glorious in heaven above. Humbly you came to the earth you created, all for love's sake became Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. And I'll Father God, thank you for, for this worship time, Lord. Uh, I thank you for all those that are so willing to uh, perform the music and the praises that are all to your glory, God. I especially pray this morning, Lord, that, um, that you'll bless uh, our pastor and his family, God, that you'll comfort Sherry, uh, that you'll work through Brother Frank in Houston in every, every way that you can, God. Uh, to comfort and and guide the family there in their time of loss, God. Thank you for uh, for their service, Lord. And I just pray for safe travels as all of them are traveling, God. And uh, um, I pray that your hand of peace will be on everybody in that situation, Lord. Uh, and bless this service, God. I pray that you pour out your Holy Spirit on us today lord and that uh everything spoken will glorify you god thank you for the love that you give us i pray these things in jesus holy name amen um brother frank uh well friday uh, sherry texted carla and uh brother frank was going to preach today out of a sense of duty i think and i just had an overwhelming conviction you know i i don't uh, I sometimes wonder when somebody has a conviction that somebody else ought to do something. <laughs> but I had an overwhelming conviction that he needed to be in Houston, so I called him and asked if I could preach today. So he didn't try he didn't push this off on me or anything. I called him and asked if uh if I could preach. I had this ready for uh next week in case his uh his uh knee surgery 
was giving him trouble. But uh, as of now, Brother Pomeroy is going to preach next week. So, uh, um, and that's all I'll say about that. But, but, uh, yeah, but please be in prayer for Brother Frank during the surgery. I think it's Thursday, Thursday. Pray for him all day Thursday. He's been waiting for this for a long time, and and uh, it's been hurting him so bad that uh, that I'm just uh, I'm thinking he'll probably pull through it real good because he's used to hurting there, and it's probably going to hurt less after the surgery. Uh, anyways, God had been giving me this message um, a little bit at a time, and gradually, and I I had ideas in my head, but I had absolutely nothing written down. I was going to write it all down yesterday morning, and I got started, and uh, I got a little bit written down, but not very much. It came to me about 5 o'clock this morning, <laughs> and I did get my sleep. I went ahead and went to bed, and I knew God had it handled, and, and uh, I, I, hope, uh, I hope he will speak through me today, um, and he gave me enough to... Uh, to um, right down to satisfy myself. Um, I'm going to be speaking out of the book of 1 Thessalonians. So y'all can turn to that if you want to. And I'm going to be just, it's not a very big book. It's a read that I really recommend that you read. The 1 Thessalonians and uh, 2 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians is Paul's earliest uh, writing that we have. Um, um and it's a little bit different from the rest of his letters. Uh, Paul's letters take up a really important chunk of the New Testament. And he wrote into a lot of different situations and communicated a lot of uh, real good God-given advice to rectify situations into his perfect will. Uh, he wrote personal letters and uh, church letters. Um, of his uh, of his letters, I, I don't really have a favorite. It's just they're all so good. The church letters, though, are more of an open letter. In other words, he'd write this letter to the church and say, read this to the church. I want everybody to hear it. The personal letters, uh, like to Timothy and, and uh, Titus, uh, um, he, uh, he wrote personal letters uh, to the individual. Now, we have them. I'm glad we have them because they are good advice to that individual, and it conveys uh, God's word to us. And uh, I'm really glad we have those letters, but uh, I really like the church letters. All of the church letters uh, have... um, uh, I don't know. They they go into a situation, and, and Paul brags on churches a lot they'll have uh, praises and instructions and reprimands uh, except for first thessalonians first thessalonians doesn't have any kind of a reprimand to the thessalonians it's all praise and reassurance and uh it's a kind of a attaboy from paul with instructions on what we need to be doing uh but during this reading of the scripture and Paul wrote the sermon this morning because I'm mostly going to just be reading the scripture. Um, but during it, I want us to ask ourselves, if Paul was to write a letter to this church, what would it say? Now, we can apply ourselves to, you know, the similar situation that these other uh, churches were in. Uh, but Thessalonians doesn't have any reprimands. I think we might get scolded a little bit. Uh, what other church in the Bible doesn't have reprimands? Sardis. In the book of Revelation, Sardis uh, isn't... Uh, John is writing there, but he doesn't... Uh, Jesus doesn't say that Sardis is doing anything wrong. Uh, it's all praise to Sardis. And the funny thing there is Sardis is about a uh, two-hour ferry ride from uh, Thessalonica, the city that this was written to. 
Of course, there was other churches that got scolded that were closer than that, but it's just a kind of cool thing. Um, and you can learn more about the ministry in Thessalonica um, from other books than Thessalonians. The book of Acts has a lot of the history, and it's, it's also a good read, so I recommend it. It was a church under persecution from every direction in a culture that had a lot of temptations, we can identify a little bit, right? Um, but also it was a church that had a dynamic testimony and had grown uh, through its hardships. It had hardships, but it, it grew through them. Let's read about it a little bit. We'll be in First Thessalonians uh, chapter 1, and I'll, I'll start off in verse 6 here. It says, uh, And you became imitators of us. This is Paul speaking. Uh, and of the Lord, when in spite of severe persecution, you welcomed the message with joy from the Holy Spirit. As a result, you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. Um, for the Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place that your faith in God has gone out. If he was talking to us, he would say from... Pflugerville to Brownsville and the uttermost reaches of South Texas. <laughs> I pray that he would say that to us. You know, I pray that this is one of the places where I would ask myself, would Paul say that to us, you know? Um, um, do we welcome God's word? Let's see, it says here... Uh, you welcome the message with joy from the Holy Spirit. Do we always do that? And I'm not talking about you, but there's probably somebody within these doors that doesn't always welcome the message with open arms. I know of one <laughs> that's talking to you right now. Um, um, sometimes, you know, our mind will be set on something else and we're not really listening. Um, but what a, what a great praise for a church to get, really. You know, you, you good job, you know. You've done that, and the Lord's message rang out from you in all this area. And in ev not only there, but in every place that your faith in God has gone out. And, you know, our faith here goes out in a lot of places, through the food pantry, through uh, uh, ministries at camps, various camps and all of this. Um, every chapter in 1 Thessalonians, Paul is seeking to comfort and motivate with the truth of the Lord's certain return. He promises that return. Uh, and that's what he motivates with. Thessalonia, the city itself, let's talk about that a little bit. It goes back a long way in history. Uh, it was originally named Therma. That was the original name of that city because it had many hot springs in the surrounding area. Now, we can kind of identify with that, can't we, <laughs> here in Sutherland Springs, right? Um, yeah. But in 315 B.C., it was renamed to Thessalonica uh, after the half-sister of Alexander the Great. It later became known as Salonica, and today it's called Thessaloniki. Uh, it's one of the few cities that still exists from New Testament times, and it has a population of about 300,000. Um, it was a seaport city, and it was a happening place all along, a very important place, and that's why it, I'm sure it's still there. Um, the city was conquered by Rome in 168 B.C., and it was made the capital of the entire province of Macedonia, so it would have been a very important place. Uh, when Paul made his journey to the city, it had a population of about 200,000. So it was a big place back then. Uh, and it consists, the population was mostly Greeks. Uh, but there was a large Roman population with a strong Jewish, Jewish uh, minority. Uh, the book First Thessalonians has, has instructions on uh, how to be vibrant be a vibrant and growing church. 
even though uh, we're under persecutions. Uh, it's good instructions uh, in that book. And they really don't get griped at, and we both got our names because of the springs in the area, so I think that's an appropriate book for us to look at today. Uh, let's look a little bit more at it. But first, uh, um, there's a word I want to uh, define a little bit. Well, wait a minute. Before I define that word, I want to talk about uh, the start of the book. The, the first... Uh, chapters or praises and greetings and Paul defending himself about outside accusations that were that he was getting um, but the part that I want to read is really a church instruction manual um, but before I read it I want to uh, it starts in chapter 4 you can turn to chapter 4 if you want to um, and you're going to actually get to see a man read instructions. So don't say that it never happens. I'm going to read instructions today. Okay? <laughs> um, there's a word that I want to define a little bit. It's, it's one of them fancy words that we say a lot and sometimes don't mean, don't know exactly what it means. Sanctification. Who knows what sanctification means? You can talk. Amen. Set apart for holy work. Um, being, I wrote down being set apart for holy use. A similar word in sports is called sanctioned. You, hear, you ever hear about that, sanctioned, when you're talking in sports? Um, it has, it, it's to give official permission or approval for an action. Uh, synonyms could be authorize, permit, allow, warrant, accredit, license, endorse, approve, accept, back, and support. Sometimes it's used uh, as a synonym for penalized. Um, but we are sanctioned into God's team, and that's a good team to be in. Um, when we, uh, that happens when we take uh, Christ as our Savior, but it's much more than... A, being sanctioned into another team because we're set apart uh, not to be his special little snobs but to do his work we're set apart to work for the glory and the promotion of God's kingdom and he'll use us for it that's pretty cool that's a pretty cool sanctifying um, I want us to do something kind of fun today when, I read, when I'm reading this scripture, when I read the word sanctification, I want you all to say, being set apart for holy use. Okay? Let's try it. Sanctification. Now say it out loud. <laughs> no, y'all did pretty good. Let's try it again. Sanctification. Amen. Praise God. I heard Lisa real good. Uh, I'm going to start off in uh, chapter 4, verse 1 here. And this is getting to Paul's part of the sermon, so it's going to get better now. <laughs> Finally then, brothers, we ask and encourage you in the Lord Jesus that as you have received from us how you must walk and please God as you are doing, do so even more. For you know what commands we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is God's will, your sanctification. Amen. That you abstain from sexual immorality, so that each of you knows how to control his own body in sanctification. Amen. And honor. Not with lustful desires like the Gentiles who don't know God. This means one must not transgress against and defraud his brothers in this matter because the Lord is an avenger of all these offenses. As we also previously told and warned you, for God has not called us to impurity, but to sanctification. Amen. Therefore, the person who rejects this does not reject man, but God, 
who also gives you his Holy Spirit. You know, it's not so bad to reject man, but to reject God is pretty dangerous, isn't it? Um, about brotherly love, you don't need me to write you because you yourselves are already taught by God to love one another. It's, what, it's what's in here, right? In fact, you are doing this toward all the brothers in the entire region of Macedonia, South Texas for us. But we encourage you, brothers, to do so even more. You notice that's the second time Paul has said that, do so even more. We encourage you to love even more, uh, to seek to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, so that you may walk properly in the presence of outsiders and not be dependent on anyone. Then he goes into a promise, uh, the comfort of Christ's coming. This is a promise part of the reward that comes with this sanctification. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. When we're set apart for God's holy use, this reward happens, and this is a promise, and I'm so glad that Paul put it in this letter. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, concerning those who are asleep. So that they were concerned about the ones they had just lost, um, just like we all are when we lose somebody. Uh, we don't want you to be uninformed concerning those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve like the rest who have no hope. Since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, in the same way, God will bring him with those who have fallen asleep through Jesus. For we say this to you by a revelation from the Lord. We who are still alive at the Lord's coming will certainly have no advantage over those who have fallen asleep. Isn't it great? Those that have, our brothers and sisters that have fallen asleep in front of us, uh, who've gone on before us, we're in exactly the same boat with them at that day, on that day. Uh, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the archangel's voice and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. When, Then we who are still alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. We have a song about that. It's a cool song, too. <laughs> so that we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, I encourage... Uh, therefore, encourage one another with these words. Uh, chapter 5. About the times and seasons. Brothers, you do not need anything to be written to you. For you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. It's written elsewhere in Scripture. When they say peace and security, then sudden, then sudden destruction comes on them like labor pains come on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers, are not in the dark for this day. Uh, you're not in the dark for this day to overtake you like a thief. For you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, we must not sleep like the rest, but we must stay awake and be serious. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, we must be serious and put on the armor of faith and love on our chests. And put on the helmet of the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. So that whether we are awake or asleep, we will no longer live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up as you are already doing. Then he goes into exhortations and blessings that come with this sanctification. 
That's good. <laughs> there you go. That's close enough. <laughs> Just so we know. You know, sometimes we say those words and we don't know what they mean. We don't know what they really mean. They sound good. They're them religious God words, but we might not know. But it's cool. We're set apart. We're part of a team when we accept Jesus. It's a brotherhood. Amen. Uh, 12 here, uh, verse 12. Now we ask you, brothers, to give recognition to those who labor among you and lead you in the Lord to admonish you uh, and regard them highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves, and we exhort you, brothers, warn those who, ir who are irresponsible, comfort the discouraged, help the weak, be patient with everyone. That's sometimes hard to do, isn't it? Be patient with everyone. Everyone. The ones leading us, the ones following us, be patient with everyone. See to it that no one repays evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for one another and for all. Rejoice always. Pray constantly. Good advice, isn't it? Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Don't stifle the spirit. Don't despise prophecies, but test all things. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And I'm sorry, God told me to do that. <laughs> sanctify you completely. <laughs> and may your spirit, uh, soul, and body be kept sound and blameless um, for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, uh, who also will do it. Brothers, pray for us also. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord. Remember what I said about open letters? He says here, I charge you by the Lord that this letter be read to all the brothers, all the brethren. The sisters can hear it too. I'm doing what I was told there. I'm reading this. <laughs> the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Aren't Holy Spirit inspired divine instructions awesome? I mean, what a better way to grow a church than the instructions that are written here. What a better way to have a peaceful church that's not fighting amongst itself than these instructions here. Even if you just go by this little part here, rejoice, always pray constantly. You know, if we really pray constantly, God goes to work. Give thanks in everything. What about the persecution? Give thanks in that? Yes. God's making us stronger. He did it for this church. He'd do it for us too. Don't stifle the spirit. Don't despise prophecies when they come around. But test them. Test all things. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Just that part is good instructions. But the rest of the book uh, is awesome instructions. They're awesome. Uh, if you want to turn, turn back to uh, chapter 3, um, starting in verse 12, Paul has a prayer here that was actually before this scripture that we read, but I like the prayer. It says, And may the Lord cause you to increase and overflow with love for one another and for everyone, just as we also do for you. May he make your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father and the coming of our Lord Jesus with all the saints. Amen. What a better thing could happen. What a better thing could happen. <laughs> you know, for God to go to work in a church 
give the church peace, give it sanctification. Amen. What is better than that? Being set apart by God for holy use, for him to use. Are any of us worthy of that? No. No. None of us are worthy. Only through Holy Spirit guidance and through Christ can Christ work in us and set us apart for that holy service that we get to do. It's like getting to just be there when God works. But he uses us. It's an awesome thing. What better could happen? We're going to go into a time of invitation now. And this is going to be a time. uh, I'll be down here if you want to come up and pray with me. You can grab someone else in the audience and pray with them. You can pray by yourself. You can come up to the altar and talk straight to God. You can talk straight to God from anywhere. But you can honor him. And uh, I'm going to ask that the praise team come up and lead us in our time of invitation. Father God, thank you for the love that you pour out on us. Lord, thank you for uh, using us, God. Thank you for sanctifying us. For setting us apart, Lord, for your holy service, God. And I, I just praise you in every way that I can today, God. And I thank you for giving us your word that we can learn through it, God. For, for guiding these men to write down your perfect word so that we'll have it, God. And I pray that you touch every heart here, Lord, and that we will all uh, come to you for our guidance. I pray these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen.